Welcome to Views from Stadium Boulevard. I'm Harley Johnson. And I'm Hannah Harshie. And we're back for another week of your favorite Michigan sports podcast. And this week we are discussing Michigan's 27-34 win against Maryland at the Big House in our Big Ten opener. We're going to start off as usual with our Around the Hand and Harl segment where each of us has one minute to summarize the game and we will come up with the winner this week. Um, Harley. <laughs> Maybe. I'm, you're going first. Okay. But let me pull up my timer. Every time I think I'm like, I really, I'm going to get it this time. And every time you lose because we just objectively choose the winner. (laughs) Or subjectively. (laughs) Are you ready? All right. I'm ready. Go for it. All right. Michigan was in a much closer contest against Maryland than they have in any other game this season. It was pretty well known that this game would come as a test for the Wolverines, but many couldn't expect Michigan to end the game uh, 34-27. to Many, maybe mostly Maryland fans, were probably considering that if the Terrapins didn't botch the opening kickoff, they might have won, given it was pretty much a free touchdown. Regardless of the sorts, Michigan was dynamite, thanks to no other than Blake Corum. Corum rushed for 243 yards and two touchdowns to ensure that Michigan remained perfect on the season. While there were some struggles defensively, the defense did settle into a groove a lot more as the game progressed. Talia Tagovailoa only threw for 207 yards and one touchdown. Michigan was able to pick off uh, Tagovailoa twice, and it was honestly turnovers that kept Maryland from winning. A team that had notorious highs for penalty yards had only five this past weekend, and yet it wasn't enough for them to get their second win at the Big House since joining the conference. Michigan hits the road for the first time this season, where they face Iowa, a notorious trap game, as the Wolverines have not won at Kinnick Stadium since 2005. All right, you went over by 10 seconds, Harlington. Dang it, I was talking too slow this time. (laughs) But I'm actually going to give you points for that, because every other time you've been under, so, like, I'm glad that... By, like, I got the over this time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm glad that you, like, pushed yourself to do something different. I also really appreciated your vo- vocal tone this time around. I, I liked what you, oh. you did with that. It sounded very NPR. vocal tone. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's very calming, very meditative. J.J. McCarthy would have loved it as a meditation. Okay, because when I was, like, halfway through, I was like, is this tone too boring? No, no. <laughs> she got it, a monotone. It calmed me down. Because I was like, I feel like this is what I would like. Yes! I was like, I feel like I could sleep after this. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yes. Michigan is so good now. Very zen. All right. Let's see if you can, you know, top that. Let's see. <laughs> Let me know when I can start going. Yeah. You feel free. Okay. <laughs> I hated every second of the Michigan-Maryland game this week, but for the sake of the podcast, I'm going to try to be rational and level-headed because objectively it wasn't that bad. Objectively, there's literally no reason to worry Objectively, we struggled in our Big Ten opener last year and went on to make the college football playoffs. Objectively, Maryland might be a decent team. Objectively, it's probably for the best that we made some mistakes now so that we can analyze those mistakes right now and learn from them rather than making those mistakes later in the season when we're facing tougher opponents. 
However, college football fans are not exactly known for being rational and objective, so I need everyone to know that deep down I am panicking. That is just what my gut is telling me, even though rationally I really do not believe there's any reason to panic. Michigan's passing game struggled. JJ McCarthy is not perfect. He's just really good, but we thought he might be perfect, and we learned that he makes mistakes, and he's overeager, and sometimes he's just kind of extra, and at times he plays like a little kid who needs to learn how to chill out because that is exactly what he is. It was his first entire game playing as the quarterback. Also, we don't have a star at edge, and I'm guessing I'm out of time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you were right. <laughs> Pretty much right on the spot with a minute um, and a couple of extra seconds but I, I was honestly waiting for more I wanted more info but I you were like just had that sense of like you know I can't go over and lose uh you said objectively a lot and then when you switched it to like however it was kind of sad oh it was supposed to be poetic to... but no I wanted more objectivity but then you said like <laughs> the word objective in the sentence with however so when I listen back to the show I'm gonna like count how many times you said objectively and maybe give you like Negative point five points for each of them. Wait, you didn't think it was like poetic repetition? <laughs> I mean, I definitely knew it was like poetry, but I was like, why are there so many? <laughs> you should have seen me writing this on my notes app as it's I was like walking a bullet home from work. <laughs> Yeah, I was literally like, head down in my phone, like not paying attention to oncoming traffic, writing objectively, this, subjectively. This. <laughs> but I think I'll give you like point five points back. Uh, just because I really liked how you like emphasized so many words, I felt like <laughs> I like was drawn into every single one. Every objectively, I was there. I was like, and then maybe I like it kind of like teetered off, which is why I had to take points away because I was just so focused on the like, wow, the delivery. Wait, what did she say? Because she just said objectively again. <laughs> <laughs> so like diminishing marginal returns on the word objectively. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Who won? But it did like the poetic aspect of it. I have to give it to you because I went nine seconds more than you did. We can't keep making me win, though. We need a third party, I'm telling you. <laughs> well, what do you objectively think? Who I'm not think? objective. I, I got that out of the way in my <laughs> around the hand. <laughs> I made it very clear that I'm not objective. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, there you go. You admit... Uh, some truth into that and so that's what makes you the winner because telling the truth is always good <laughs> <laughs> okay we can we can come back to this <laughs> um do you want to move into glows and grows i would love to okay just as like a... to kick that off first? yeah i can i can start with the opening kickoff um as a warning i have two glows they're both really short and then i have two grows but one is like three points so it's like one a Wait, one, okay, yeah. one, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying. One A, one A, yeah, one B, Yeah, C. no, like one, and then okay. two A, two B, two C. Okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha. What would you like first? I... Glows or grows? Uh, and if grows? Kind of like the glows, because I also just kind of have one. Okay, should I give you both? They're pretty yeah. short. Okay, so my first glow is the run game presented by Blake Corum. Um, he was our only running back this game. CJ Stokes fumbled pretty early on and then was pulled, and Donovan Edwards did not dress once again. Throwback to our dad joke of the week last week. So our run game was presented by Blake Corum, and he had a career game. I'm guessing that's going to be one of Harley's glows as well. My other glow... It was exactly my glow. I mean glow. <laughs> my other glow is just that it they Blake have Corum. a lot of... It just says 
Just as Blake Horm, Avi. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He definitely will be getting some awards when our superlatives come around. Um, yeah, yeah. My other clue is just the fact that they do have a lot of film to watch and stuff to analyze this week because I think in past games mm-hmm. they were probably mm-hmm. like struggling. Like we knew that they would have some things to work on. Like they're not perfect, but after the past couple games, it was just kind of hard to know because they played like middle school teams and you're mm-hmm. you're just not gonna know what you need to work on and this week they actually know what they need to work on and are probably gonna have one of the more productive practices um in weeks that they've had all year i completely agree and i should add that to my gloves i'm so glad we're so collaborative today <laughs> we're just thinking the same thoughts but you, obviously you- like what you were just saying there's like with that glow, there are things that Michigan like had to definitely like work on, and I want to know which ones that you had. Okay, I'll and give... if we were spot on again, <laughs> I'll give my one A or no, my one only has one part, so it's just one. Okay, yeah, my yeah. My first one just is one. that we didn't get any sacks until pretty late in the game. There, like, there was some mm. pressure. Like, it wasn't like our defense wasn't pressuring the quarterback all the way or like at all, but they just weren't getting to him. And I feel like with a team like Maryland, we should be getting to the quarterback. You should be taking tumbles on a regular basis. Okay, that was like my third, my third grow. Oh wait, how many grows do you I have? Said I said I have like three. Okay. Okay, maybe like two and a half. But definitely had like more like QB hurries or just general pressure on the quarterbacks. Because mm-hmm. the last like two games, we haven't really been doing that. And I feel like, especially against like UConn, and Hawaii, honestly, we should have gotten to the quarterback a lot more than we did. And then now that we're, like, playing, like, legit teams, it's kind of shocking that we still can do that, you know? Yeah, I mean, I guess we should have known after the last two games because that was kind of one of the concerns that we could mm-hmm. have seen after the last two games is, like, we really should be recording, like, the number of sacks that we did against U- or Colorado State, and we're not. So, yeah, grow in that area, Michigan. Do you want to give your next grow? Harley girly? Harley garly? I'll give you the half one that I have. Okay. Which is basically just, like, I want, like, the running backs to return. uh, Mm -hmm. Because I don't want Blake Corum to, like, have such, like, a heavy load again. Because that could lead to, like, injury, general tiredness, mistakes, all that sort of stuff. I mean, not that I expect him to make any mistakes, but I don't want him to, like, constantly be, like, the only one that we, like, heavily rely on. So I just kind of want, like, Donovan Edwards to come back. (laughs) Yeah, especially because, like, I think we'll be forced to play a little more conservatively against Iowa as well. Mm -hmm. And that just means that the team is going to be on the backs of Blake Corum and Jake Moody, which is just depressing considering how many weapons we have on our team in general. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't want him to get hurt, especially because... It was so nice last year having, like, that tandem with Hassan Haskins mm-hmm. where, like, both of them, like, equally, like, shared, like, a similar amount of carries and success. And I just really think it would open, like, our running game offense if we had more than just Blake Horn. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, if, if the, like, young guys, like, didn't fumble the ball away. Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, they'll okay. learn. They'll learn. Can we go for the 2A to the 2B? Yeah, and also 2C. Oh, there's a two C. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Let's see if let's see if we match again. Okay, so with my last one. I'm sure it will. Um, my two overall is the passing game. Maryland is not supposed to be particularly good at stopping the pass, so this was like a little bit concerning. 
two mm-hmm. A. Oh wait, no, there is kind of just two A and two B. Okay. Uh, no, so I don't know. Be like two C. I'll, I think mine you, could be two C. You can help me determine if like how how I should divide these up. So awesome. Um, JJ McCarthy's deep passes. I have a specific stat about that in Two Truths and a Lie, but. I can't say it now because then you'll know if it's yeah, yeah, true yeah. or a lie. Then I'll know. Yeah. <laughs> um, there, were, <clears throat> there was one particular one that landed like right in the hands of a Maryland defender in the end zone and we got the luckiest call of all time that he was out because I'm like not really sure he was. But I don't Ooh. think JJ should have been throwing over there in the first place. Like it was mm-hmm. like double coverage right in the end zone. I'm not sure why Ooh. he opted to put the football there. Um, and then there are no. other times that he just over... This is my B. I think this is a B. Okay. This is B. The, there were other times that he just overthrew on those deep passes, which we haven't seen him do in the past. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. granted, we've only seen him throw, like, a handful of times. Like, let's not forget this is his first full game of playing. But mm-hmm. we're used to seeing him throw these, like, perfect passes right into the hands of the receiver. And he overthrew it a couple times he said it's because he was at 110 percent and he's dial it back which i feel like is like a weirdly positive way of framing <laughs> you over this it. is jj mccarthy we're talking about though. yeah that's true so it's of like course it has to be like guy. overly positive <laughs> yeah. yeah um but i it could be that like he's not used to their receivers having dbs on them and they're like a little slower because there's a guy right on them so they're not like it could be that he's throwing it where he's always thrown it and the receivers are just taking longer to get there I'm not sure. He could just be overthrowing it. Um, but he needs mm. to fix that. And then to see is that Schoonmacher was our leading receiver. Um, or he and Ronnie tied for total yards, but Schoonmacher had mm-hmm. the most receives by, like, a lot. He had seven receives, and then Ronnie Bell and Cornelius Johnson were tied at three. So, like, good for Schoonmacher. But I feel like the fact that, the fact that we had to rely on our tight end so much – is like, I don't know, we have a lot of receivers. Like, we should be getting it to our receivers, and they just kind of weren't there, weren't open. I'm not really sure what was going on, but there's no reason that we're not, we shouldn't be using our receivers more. I mean, I definitely agree with that, especially if we want to, like, open the offense a lot more. Um, And I don't think Maryland was necessarily, like, taking away uh, that often. So I think we still threw... Yeah, uh, 220 yards, um, which is incredible, but, you know, it's more than, like, maybe games past. I'm pretty sure last year, well... Well, that's I the thing, remember. is, like, JJ... <laughs> I don't remember the number for last year. <laughs> JJ but looking, anyway. like, not great, like, worse than we hoped for, he still looks good in the grand scheme of Michigan quarterbacks, mm-hmm. like, by a lot. It's just that... I was gonna say, no turnovers... Yeah. You know? Well, that was um, lucky. But, but yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, mine was consistency in decision making. So I Ooh. think it kind of like ties into like what you were saying. Um, just like you know the same kind of instances of like maybe you shouldn't have thrown that or you know maybe you should have like just called the play dead and just thrown it out of bounds. You know, just like that kind of thing. I think we still need have him work on and especially I'll give him credit because this is like you said the full ga- the first full like full game that he's been like the leader of um and obviously like there was no real like relief coming in because Kate McNamara is sick not sick injured. <laughs> <laughs> I was like okay <laughs> um well you know what I mean um 
it's like kind of like up to him now to like make sure like these mistakes like aren't occurring and um just kind of having to like make decisions in the moment I think he still kind of has to like work on that a little bit I will say Michigan fans we were very mature this week in the past we we (laughs) have a history of every time a quarterback makes a mistake we're calling for the backup Mm -hmm. I'm sure that's not unique to Michigan I will say maybe it's because we don't really have a backup, but we are very mature in saying, let's wait and see what JJ does. This is his first real game, Mm -hmm. and if anything, he's just doing too much. It's not that he looks bad. He's just, he needs to chill out a bit. Yes. Agree. Okay. Um, Was that all for Glows Grows? That's all I have. All righty. Can we move on to Two Truths and a Lie? Yes, please. My favorite. (laughs) Do you want to go first? I will go first. Okay. One. Blake Corm is the first running back to rush over 200 yards since Karan Higdon in 2017. Michigan threw for fewer yards in their last meeting with Maryland than they did this year. That was number two. Uh, number three. Maryland was 4-8 and eight in Big Ten play in their inaugural season, beating Indiana, Penn State, <laughs> Michigan, and Iowa. Wait, their inaugural season of what? Being in the Big, Big Ten? Ten. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm going to say that one is false. Did you, in that last one, did you say Maryland beat Michigan in their inaugural season? Oh, wait. Their inaugural season was 2014. Mm-hmm. Okay, because I know they haven't beaten Michigan under Jim Harbaugh, but I guess Jim Harbaugh was not there yet then. Um, yeah. This is my freshman year. Yes. Hmm. Okay. I'm going to say, wait, well, I'm going to say the second one was false, and I don't even remember what it was. <laughs> you would be correct. So I said Michigan threw for fewer yards in their last meeting with Maryland than they did this year. That's false. We had 352 passing yards last year in 2021 against Maryland. Yeah, that I guess that makes this sense. Year. We've always mm-hmm. dominated against Maryland in the past, and that's what we as humans are having to grapple with is that Harley, you pointed this out to me, and I think it really put things into perspective. Maryland and Rutgers are football teams now. They're not necessarily good football teams, but like they are yeah, football teams now. Good, but they're football. And they yeah. didn't. They didn't used to be. So we're gonna have to see less of a point differential than we're used to. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. All right. What do you got? My first one, JJ right. being McCarthy was mm-hmm. one for eight on throws over twenty yards, but seven. 18 for 18 on throws that weren't 20 or more yards. Okay, number two. Maryland had 15 penalties against SMU, but only one against Michigan. And number three. JJ's longest carry had a gain of 40 yards. Hmm. I know the second one's true. Um... Ooh, I'm just, like, really going to expose myself here. I'm going to go with the third one being false. Yeah, the third one is false. JJ's longest carry, he did run 40 (laughs) yards, but he only gained nine. He just (laughs) ran in a lot of circles. Oh, is this the one you were, like, posting about, like, the hamster? Yes. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Especially, yeah, I kind of figured because you were talking about that, like, JJ, like, couldn't throw, like, deep passes. I was like, okay, that one might be true. Yeah. The numbers. I was like, oh. He was, that's, isn't that crazy? One for eight on over 20, 17 for 18 on less than 20. 
Yeah. Sheesh. Okay. It's not ideal, but you know, it is what it is. Harley, I but. believe you have a. We've called Hannah rants in the past hands, and I don't know what a Harley mm-hmm. rant is other than her rant. Rant? A rant. Rant. I don't know. <laughs> do you have a rant to share? I do. I mean, it's more of like a com- compare and contrast of Homecoming's past, which is just Rutgers last year was our homecoming game. And it was kind of had the same uh, vibe that the Maryland game had last week. And I just wanted to like reassure everyone that like, like you alluded to earlier, that we still went on to go win the Big Ten, um, despite only beating Rutgers by seven. So here's like kind of like that like breakdown. Like Rutgers last year pretty much led us in everything, um, except like you know Michigan had fewer penalties and they had no turnovers. Like Rutgers had more first downs than we did. They had 352 total yards. Um, rushed for 196 yards like Michigan allowed 196 rushing yards and they themselves only rushed for 112 yards so just to kind of like highlight that Michigan had that kind of more like balance offensively this game we had 463 total yards against Maryland uh and yeah obviously the 243 yards from Blake Corum and Maryland just kind of had like a more messy game in terms of like turnovers um but we still ended up beating both of these teams by seven and to be fair last year during homecoming Rutgers shut us out the entire second half um so luckily you know we didn't have like that going for us but like both of these games like we had mentioned like should have been like blowouts just because we saw whose name we were playing and we just assumed that you know they're not like football teams but if anything like Rutgers and Maryland fit kind of pretty decently in the middle of the Big Ten. Like, if you really think about it, if you just count out the top four teams um, in the Big Ten right now, like, obviously someone has to fill in that spot, like, five to eight, five to nine, whichever one you want to do. And honestly, like, the two of them are better than they are worse. Like, if you think of the bottom of the Big Ten, that's not what Rutgers and Maryland are, at least, like, this year. In both scenarios, both teams were undefeated um, going into this game against uh, Michigan during homecoming. Rutgers was 3-0, Michigan was 3-0, Maryland was 3-0, Michigan was 3-0. And obviously, Michigan came out on top, and it probably wasn't the best, like, prettiest game that we had seen from Michigan. And I think that both of them served, like, as really good, like, growing moments for both the teams and then obviously they had ones like later on down the road and that I think that just kind of like shaped how like the trajectory of Michigan would go so I'm kind of hoping that that kind of like plays um similarly this year obviously I want things to like dust up for us and then to kind of be in the same position we were um going into rivalry week so no need no cause for panic no cause for concern everything is fine from what I can see I mean obviously if we don't see any like active bettering of Michigan next week of this coming weekend like maybe it would be a cause for concern but generally the vibe that I've been seeing right now is like we're all pretty okay about it objectively would you say I think objectively yeah (laughs) it could have been better but you know it was kind of similar (laughs) I think we just allowed more points this game (laughs) objectively I agree um 
quick hits Michigan news. I just I couldn't figure out where else to put this in the episode, yeah, yeah. and I feel like it's important to know. Donovan Edwards, Harley's um. I was about to say Harley's Donovan Edwards. Which, okay, Harley's Donovan Edwards <laughs> didn't dress. Donovan Edwards is just his own. <laughs> okay, Donovan Edwards of Donovan Edwards fame. Um, again, did mm-hmm. not dress this week. But, like, I we're thinking it was precautionary. He should be at full strength against Iowa. Um, mm. He should be fine. I think they probably just thought, I don't want to say they thought they wouldn't need him this week, but they're keeping him safe. Um, Eric all did not dress and Harbaugh did not mention him other than to say no update. Um, Mm. (laughs) so I learned earlier, like prior to the Maryland game of Eric all being rumored to be out for the season via Twitter, via people saying it's irresponsible to report that he's out for the season. Nothing has been confirmed. They're just rumors. (laughs) So like do with that what you will, like, that is the rumor, but it's apparently, like, irresponsible to report and unfounded. Just, I don't know. If you're not on Twitter, that might be helpful context. No one really knows how he got <laughs> injured. I'm sure that's also on the message board somewhere. No, should we say, like, Cade Manimares is on that list, too? Do we have oh. any updates on him? I don't want to say anything because it's unconfirmed. <laughs> and it's irresponsible. He, there's a perfect example for it, yeah. <laughs> um, well, I called him sick, so, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think Kate's doing too well. Yeah, I don't think he'll be back um, this week. But That's why I, I got moved up to QB2 this week. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. Carrie wanted me to clarify that I... my 100 throws, 100 catches, if, like, I uh-huh. haven't really been doing them. So no. they're at a lower number now if you average them out. Okay. Well, I still think that deserves an award, so shall we go into our superlatives? <laughs> yeah. Um, Harley, do you want to give our first superlative? <laughs> Did you just, like, write this because you liked how I said it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, usually we have a diaper dandy of the week, a.k.a. a freshman that kind of stood out. Um, but I believe my specific words were, I don't think we have a diaper dandy this week because no diaper was dandy. So, yeah. I guess no one wins diaper dandy of the week. No one wins diaper none dandy. none of you are dandy. <laughs> but also, it's not necessarily, like, an indictment on the diapers. It's more just that, like, we have a pretty deep team. I don't so think we they don't... were there. Yeah. We don't really <laughs> The diapers were there. diapers. <laughs> like, if anything, JJ is, like, the closest thing we have to a diaper. And, like, yeah. I guess he was dandy. <laughs> Okay, the next award, speaking speaking of the diaper himself, um, yeah. the, he's a runner, he's a track star award, it goes obviously to JJ McCarthy. Um, we know, like, his thing is that he, he has legs, he can run around, that's, that's oh, his nice. claim to fame. Oh, he has legs. <laughs> um, um, okay, but Harley, we've had enough quarterbacks who, like, don't have legs that we need to be very thankful. Um, oh, do you remember when- lost a leg? <laughs> oh my god. Oh, do you remember watching Shea Patterson try to run? No. <laughs> like, whenever he tried to keep it, it, it rarely happened. I just remember it making me laugh. Um. Anyway, J.J. McCarthy can scramble. He needs to learn when it's appropriate and when it's not. You do not need to be, like, running, what was it, 40 yards for a nine-yard gain. There was, at Jesus. one point, he scrambled for a first down. There was a point when he scrambled for a third and 26. Um, 
so kind of like Harley said before, play calling, not play calling, decision making and Mm -hmm. thinking things through and growing up. I mean, his prefrontal cortex is still (laughs) developing. I say that as if, like, the majority of, like, college football stars are not the same age as him. Oh. Like, he's not that young. He's just younger than we're used to with the loyalty of Jim Harbaugh sticking with the old guys. You're kidding. Okay, do you want to give the next one, Harley? I don't know if I can. You have so many points here. I I can give it. Or can I? Or you you can start it off and then punt it over Okay. Uh, oh, okay, definitely will. Um, so obviously this is like our crown jewel of our superlatives. And if you've been around here for a while, you definitely know it's the Vibe the Vibes Award. Um, and this one's kind of obvious. We've been pretty high on this guy like pretty much all episode. Um, and that's Blake Quorum this week. And Hannah is going to go into detail about all of the XYZs and like at least four bullet points as to why... <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of hard to the count mic. the bullet points because they're in Roman numerals, but I think that's like yeah. seven. <laughs> but the first one is Roman. just like like Coram Zoe Party. Yeah, <laughs> so that's what I like tried to. Yeah. <laughs> okay, um, so I don't want to say Blake Coram's a Heisman contender, but I think he's a contender to be on the list of Heisman contenders. So like, Ooh. I like I don't think he's gonna win the Heisman, but I think he's gonna be on the list. I think he's already on the list, and I think like he might go to New York. Assistant to the regional manager. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, Blake Corum in this game, which is like the Blake Corum game of the day presented by Season, Blake Corum. Yeah. Um, yeah, he had nice. thirty right, rushing. Did you put it on here. Wait, put Blake Corum game of the day. Oh, I think he was like co Big Ten Player of the Week. Oh, probably. <laughs> but Vibe the Vibes so. is more I, I more feel pretty sound on that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he was. Um, he had 30 okay, so rushing... so I'll add another Roman numeral to that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe Roman Wilson has his own numerals. Yeah. Good for him. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. Calm down. <laughs> so, Blake Corum had 30 rushing attempts for 243 total yards, which is an average of 8.1 yards per carry and two touchdowns. Um, we truly would be nothing without him. Make sure to pay mm-hmm. your respects this week, especially coming out of the half. Um, pre-half, pre-halftime, first half, um, when JJ was having some sloppy throws, we're like, just give it sloppy. to Blake. And then we come out of halftime and, like, he heard us. And for a little bit he was relying on Blake Corum maybe too much. Um, but we relied on him. Um, we're going to have to give him a day to, like, rest a little bit. Like, not a not a day to not play, but just a day where maybe other players can contribute. But we will probably need him against Iowa. So, Blake Crom, go take a nice bath. Stretch. We need you. Um, mm-hmm. and building on that, for our defensive Vibe the Vibes, which isn't always a category mm-hmm. we give, but I thought Vibe the Vibes needed, like, a 1A and 1B this time. Although, like, not a 1A and 1B. Like, 1 and 2, probably. Um, yeah, specifically, like, a Roman numeral and then, like, these are the regular numbers. Yeah. <laughs> Our outline's kind of all over the place, like, every week. Um, hey. Mike St. Ristel. So, Mike St. Ristel, for some important background context, he's Mike St. Ristel on the roster. He's Mikey St. Ristel in our hearts. In our hearts. Because, like, <laughs> he apparently goes by Mikey. Like, he's referred to as Mikey quite often. But I would like to make an argument that he is approaching Michael's status based on how he's been playing Ooh. this year on defense. 
I think since he's making he's making a good a good campaign to be Michael Sainer still. Um, he had wow eight total tackles this game. Six of them were total tackles. Two of them were tackles for loss. Um, he also had a pass breakup and interception off of a two point conversion during the fourth quarter. He he is arguably our most valuable defensive player question mark i don't know he's approaching michael status i'll just leave it at that contention yeah he can be contention for that this year yeah so look at him like go from a wide receiver to like uh, the defensive vibe of the vibes yeah incredible performance yeah for the young lad (laughs) for for michael himself yeah so it's like mikey eventually he'll like glow and grow into michael (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he was like for sure a Mikey when he was a receiver. Yeah. Receivers can't be yeah. Michaels, I don't think. Oh, okay. Maybe. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. Okay, moving on. Do you want me to do the next one too? Harlington? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, I would love to like know your thought process for this one. The Turnover Shades Award just goes to the defensive players who force turnovers, obviously not including that pass breakup and interception that we just mentioned mm-hmm. from Michael. Um, there were two defensive players who for- forced turnovers. DJ Turner dove, like had a, a dive in quarter two, and then my favorite a one... <laughs> a dive. <laughs> a dove. <laughs> and then my favorite one, RJ Moten, had like a really cool interception in the fourth quarter. I can't remember which one of them, but after one of them, they were shown on the sideline wearing sunglasses, and I don't know if that's, like, their version of the turnover chain, but if so, I like it. Harley, give the next award. Um, this is maybe arguably our favorite award, the best award. Usually it's the Franz Award, but this week it's the Moen Franz Award, and we're going to give that out to Moen Franz. Purely because of their uh, promo image that the Orlando Magic posted. Yeah, I need to read that caption because when I saw that this morning, um, mm-hmm. I thought, is this to us? Oh, okay. So the Orlando Magic posted a picture <laughs> of Mo and France and their caption was, bro, you got to see this pic. And I was like, is, like, is this, this specifically us? for me? <laughs> Am I the bro in question? I think you are. And you. I love it. Do you remember that picture of um, John Teske, Mo? Wait, who is in that picture? Is it the one where they're like giggling at each other? Yeah. Yeah, it's like Mo, Duncan, and John Teske. Yeah. It's like the background of my Apple Watch for a while. No, I remember when that picture first came out. Like, I think we called each other and we're like, have you seen it? And then I th- we like <laughs> recorded a whole segment. Bro, have you um, seen this pic? <laughs> Literally, that's why I'm like... That's our entire podcast. That's yeah. <laughs> all, folks. Because we also used to have the DJ Wilson Instagram segment. Bro, have you seen this pic? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah so we should bring it back. Us. I saw a video of DJ the other day. Yeah. Like doing promo for the Raptors. I think we should bring it back. Okay, let's bring it back. I, like, I'm not too updated on his whereabouts, but I do remember that evolution from a young Michigan man to an NBA player with, like, a personal Instagram guy who edited his pictures for him. <laughs> Um, 
our next award may cause some confusion because it definitely yes, caused- it really did. It really caused me so much confusion. <laughs> okay, so the junior award first goes to Junior Colson, obviously. Second, obviously. it goes to Maryland because as I was looking at their roster, I was like, wow, they have so many juniors. And this was not even at their whole roster. It was just at the players who were listed on the box score. And then Harley was like, oh, okay, because she thought I meant, like, junior, like, the grade. And then I was like, no, junior, like, the name. And then I counted, and there were five. And she was like, there are five juniors, so I have to go by junior C, junior D. And then I was like, no, it's not, like, in the junior Colson, like, framework. It's like they have Billy Edwards Jr., who is their backup quarterback, Dante Demas Jr., Octavian Smith Jr., Dante Trader Jr., and Anthony Booker Jr., which, I don't know, I, I felt like that deserved an award. That's more juniors than I've ever seen on a box score. Granted, it's the first time I've checked for that stat. I just, like, still can't get over the fact that I was, like, fully convinced. That was, like, there is no way a team has accumulated so many men by the first name of junior. Like, there's just no way. But, obviously, <laughs> like, this makes way more sense. And I honestly kind of wished it was, like, all of them were junior. Like, junior Edward. <laughs> Harley, when you told me that you thought they all had the same name, I was, like, desperately looking through the roster. I'm like, maybe there is a name that they all have. (laughs) So that's what you were doing. (laughs) Well, I was just, like, waiting in the wayside. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, kind of love that. that You're trying to do that for me. I appreciate it. Okay, our next superlative. Um, Harley, I don't know if you saw this this on on Twitter, but... Part of two, course part I B did. of this one. This was all the rage on Saturday. <laughs> Everyone's talking Maybe about like it. Maybe not like, yeah, especially like the verbiage for it as well. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um. So, <laughs> doink of the week. Obviously, famously, Michigan's opening kickoff, or Maryland's opening kickoff, went off the returner's helmet, and Michigan recovered it, Um. and that led to our first touchdown of the game. Technically, like, this one should win Doink of the Week because I should be thankful for it, but my, mm-hmm. like, heart says no because it led, like, that was the beginning of a miserable three hours for me. Oh, yeah. Um, so... <laughs> you want the Doink of the Week to be, like, joyful? Yeah, yeah like, what is a Doink for if not joy? <laughs> Wait, Harley, do you want to explain the, um, Oink Doink? No, what is the oink doink? Oh, is it because it's Arkansas? Yeah. (laughs) Oh my god, we gotta stop laughing. It's not good audio, but I can't stop. Okay, so Arkansas, if anyone was watching Arkansas, Texas A&M, wait, Kansas? Yeah, what are you doing here? (laughs) I don't know why I wrote Kansas. You're gonna have me read false information? How dare you? Okay, so Arkansas was playing Texas A&M, and at the, like with a minute and a half left in the game, they went to kick a field goal to put them like one point ahead, and it was a doink, like no doink has ever doinked before. <laughs> it bounced not just like off the goalpost, which is like the definition of a doink, but like off the like top, I don't know, just Google oink doink. It like, it went okay. off the top of the goalpost. Like, does the, does the doink of the week also like include the butt punt i don't think that's a doink i think that's a butt punt okay that can win butt I punt of the week. <laughs> i guess i like doinked off the butt though maybe we like we don't have to do the butt punt because it was like the nfl and we we're like kind of like a college sports podcast know, but it's such a it was such a college sports it's thing so to funny. happen yeah right i was like if you you could have fooled me 
Uh, iconic. Shout out to the butt punt. Shout out to the bun pun, butt butt pun. The oink doink. The oink and doink. The doink. And yeah, the regular doink. I believe there was another doink this week too, but it didn't make the cut. I think for there might have been. Yeah. Okay, so I do have to mention JJ McCarthy's inspirational quotes because he did share some on his Instagram story this week. Um, per usual, let me pull those up. It's in my album, JJ. I love that. Okay, so... And I do like this this note that you have here, because the smiley face did return. Yeah, okay, let's talk about that. He the, had it. The smiley yeah, face yeah, yeah. was on his hand, and I saw it, and I thought, go wash that off right now, young man. There's nothing to smile about. But looking back, it's wow, fine. Wow, that's... Yeah. Your feelings about this Maryland game were very palpable, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like it. But objectively, it's fine. <laughs> Okay, so like, would you have like put a frown on your face, on your hand? <laughs> can you imagine <laughs> if it was like you know those little octopus stuffed animals that all the teens have, where you can like turn it yes. upside down? <laughs> if he went into the locker room at halftime and it came out with a frowny face because he wasn't happy with his performance, <laughs> I could see it. I could so see it. We might have to like buy him one of those. Honestly, ma- maize and blue one. That would be so iconic. Or if, like, up in the booth, like, they have... <laughs> oh, my gosh. Just on the sideline. Yeah. Every like player after the play one. is done, it either gets a smile or a frown. <laughs> but the refs have one to let you know if there's a penalty. Let's go to a game, bring one of those, and, like, after every play, we'll either give it a smile or a frown. Okay, but, yeah. Like, that's so something we would do either way. Okay. Now that we have that plan... I want to know what some inspirational quotes are. I want to be inspired by none other than Jonathan James himself. Okay. Well, you've got... Oh, wait. This one is Donovan Edwards. Um, <gasps> Ooh. Even better. Oh, these are both ones I shared last week. I'm so sorry. There's no, no inspiration okay. this week. I don't think I screenshotted them. That's totally fine. Yeah, I'm so but sorry to disappoint. Face. It sounds like you have tears mm. behind your voice saying it's fine. I'm a little sad about it, but it's okay. <laughs> I think he just kept sharing the same thing. It's all from that account. It's like after school K, like after school with a K 100. And they share po- like inspirational quotes with like little illustrations. So just follow them if you want inspiration. Yeah. And we'll be sure to have them next week for you. Yes. Um. Okay. So our favorite non-Michigan college football storyline of the week. What is it? Harl's. Oh. None other than the Minnesota-Michigan State game. I don't know if there's, like, much to be said because, like, I obviously, like, knew this was going to happen, but maybe not, like, to, like, the full severity that it did. Michigan State got shut out for three quarters and didn't have a touchdown until, like, the fourth. I'm pretty sure, like, Peyton Thorne or whoever is in charge of throwing the ball for Michigan State um, had, like, two, three interceptions I think they had something absurd too, like sixty-eight rushing yards, something dumb. Like Minnesota pummeled them, and they finally got the recognition that they deserved and got ranked this week. I believe they're number twenty-one now. Minnesota is looking really good, and will probably. No, I like with full confidence believe that they'll be in the Big Ten championship. I don't trust Iowa to like beat them out for that. Yeah, it's like it's hard to say because it all comes down to how these various Big Ten West teams play against us in Ohio State. 
And it's so annoying because I just want to have some joy in the fact that Michigan State is losing. And, like, believe me, I have joy. Like, I've, I've got a lot of joy. I'm yeah, <laughs> Call me JJ you know McCarthy. That Maryland, in Maryland, they're playing Maryland next week. Yeah, I'm excited to see and that. And Maryland is projected to win. Um, we can't talk too much. Cause by we seven points. By, by seven it. and a half points. Yeah. But anyway, um, what I was anyway, going to say yeah, yeah. is, um, like, it's frustrating because we're getting, ev- like, being Michigan, I know this is a good problem to have, but we get every Big Ten team's, like, best game of the year. Like, they're all training oh, yeah. all season to play us, especially when we play Big Ten West teams. Like, they're training, like, all season, it's like they have the Michigan game circled. So, like, we never, we're not going to get the Michigan State that played against Minnesota because we're, we're the team that, like, they're thinking about in their practice when they're supposed to be training for Minnesota. But it's okay. We can still find some joy and peace and love in the fact that they lost 34-7 to Minnesota. I will. And I don't I don't remember who tweeted it, and I should have favorited it so I could give them credit where credit is due. Um, but obviously, like, kind of like how you mentioned, like, even though, like, oh my gosh, my voice. <clears throat> even though, like, Michigan State has played, like, pretty poorly its last two games. Like, for some reason, it's going to be, like, super fluky when they play us at the end of October. And <laughs> the tweet was, like, if Michigan loses to Michigan State, I'm going on hiatus. And I'm like, yeah, I feel that. <laughs> yeah, like, throwbacks to when, to when Michigan went into triple overtime against Rutgers and then we just went on hiatus from the podcast for, like, a year and never acknowledged it to each other. <laughs> We just knew we were done. Some One Direction level hiatus out here. <laughs> like, if you were surprised that the podcast didn't come out the next week, Harley and I didn't say a word to each other. We just knew it was time. <laughs> okay. But that will not happen. But yeah, anyway. we'll get there when we get there. Yeah, we'll get there when we get there. Um, but that was by far probably my favorite game of the week. Of course. Um, slightly less exciting was Ohio State looking dominant, but that's okay. We're not going to talk about that. Um, no, at least it was, we weren't on the receiving end of that, so I'm good. <laughs> Next week, Michigan gets to be featured in our beloved Iowa Hawkeyes game of the week, which is like whatever game the Iowa Hawkeyes play, uh, which retrospectively is typically oh, our favorite literally. game. Except for we didn't like it this week because they beat Rutgers and no one does that to our I Rutgers except us. Really, yeah, I really just wanted Rutgers to win. Yeah. And honestly, I think Rutgers, like, should have won that game. And again, they had too many turnovers. Yeah. And then obviously, like, two of those turnovers are, resulted in touchdowns from Iowa. So, like, don't get it twisted. <laughs> Iowa, like, still has, like, no offense. Their two touchdowns came from their defense. And they punted about, if I were to guesstimate, like, maybe 75% of the time. <laughs> yeah, okay, so let's break this down a little bit. Michigan is favored by yeah, yeah, yeah. 10.5 points. I also saw the over-under was, like, 40-something, and I'm like, are we sure? I think the over-under could be, like, 5. Um, last oh, time okay. they played <laughs> Iowa, wasn't it, like, 7-3 to three was the final score? Not the last time, sorry. That was far from the last time. The last time we watched them oh, in like... person play Iowa. <laughs> Oh, it's like ten to three, I believe. Okay, yeah. Um, was, but that was at the big house. Yeah. Okay, so I'm just gonna get through okay. these like key things. So we're ten point five point favorites, um, and Iowa is currently three and one. They've beaten Rutgers, San Diego, San Diego State, and Nevada, and they've lost to Iowa State in the iconic, what was that called? Cy, Cyclops Bowl. 
Wait, what is it? What is an Iowa Hawkeye? What is it? Uh-huh. Cyclone. Cy Hawk. The Cy Hawk game. Cy Hawk. Right, right, right. So like, it's not like Iowa. I was like, where are you going with this? <laughs> Iowa hasn't really played much of anyone except for Rutgers. Rutgers is not a nobody, but they're also not good. Um, they're three and one. I listed off things that Rutgers is, or sorry, that Iowa, our upcoming opponent, is known for. If we're going to be serious, mm-hmm. they're known for their defense. Their defense is quite good. Um, causes mm-hmm. a lot of turnovers. Um, they're known for having a horrible offense. They're known for their defense scoring yep. more points than their offense. They're known for being bad this year. They're known for like slow, exhausting, boring tedious horrible games that are like tedious and horrible to watch but then the final score is really funny and the box score Mm -hmm. is really funny and kinnick stadium which is where we're playing is known for being where ranked teams go to die michigan has never won at kinnick under jim harbaugh it is supposed to be a tough environment but then it's also important to keep in mind that i was bad like worse than usual so that might not be the case this year that's like one thing that we can hope for I mean, obviously, like, they can't do much worse than that they did against Michigan in the Big Ten Championship. But then also at the same time, like, Michigan was, in 2016, um, was going into Iowa to play at Iowa. And it should have easily been Michigan's game. But Michigan played just absolutely garbage. That was, that was a very frustrating game to watch as a Michigan fan because... It was one of those scenarios where, like, if Michigan had just played up to the caliber that you're, like, you're used to seeing, they could have easily won that game, but they blew that game. And I'm nervous about that just from the superstitious aspect of it. Like, the last time, like, we won there, like, it was 2005, I think I said earlier. It was a long time. Like, we were, like, in elementary school. <laughs> Um, and, but I feel like as long as, you know, we just can, like, stay true to, like, our game, I feel like we shouldn't really have, like, a problem with it. Um, especially if we can get the ground game running, we should totally be fine. And just, like, you know, have, like, as low mistakes as possible. Like, we cannot fumble the ball. We cannot throw interceptions. Um, and please, can we get to the quarterback? Iowa has no offense, so I expect multiple punts. Any scoring drive from Iowa, I will be deeply saddened by. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we have our little list of, like, what are you looking forward to? And I wrote, I don't know, I'm terrified. Mm-hmm. Because I'm genuinely mm-hmm. terrified. I, I know, okay. objectively, word of the day, I know objectively I should not be terrified because mm-hmm. Iowa is extremely bad and Michigan is, like, ranked number four in the country. However, I'm terrified because Iowa is, like, the way they play scares me and mm-hmm. Kinnick scares me and mm-hmm. I just, I don't know, I just don't, I'm scared. However, the thing I'm most nervous about is losing, and a success in Mm -hmm. my book would be winning. And if we could win by a large margin, if it could be a game that doesn't make my heart rate go to extreme levels, I will be thrilled. But I will be happy Mm. with the win. All right. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing how Michigan responds to, like, that list that they created against Maryland of things that they should be working on. Um... Hopefully those are all positive things and, you know, we don't move backwards. Um, I am nervous 
about another loss at Kinnick Stadium um, that would kind of like derail everything. Back in 2016, because we lost to Iowa, we kind of had to beat Ohio State, and then obviously we did not beat Ohio State. So it just kind of like derailed the Garcia Peep hopes and winning the Big Ten hopes and all that stuff. So I really hope that that does not happen again. Um, because I don't, I mean, obviously the game is always going to boil down to the Ohio State game, but like I really wish that like we didn't have to be like perfect going into it, you know. Only um, a couple more years of that. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, and what would it be a success for me? I mean, obviously, besides leaving there with a win, um, just kind of do what like the other teams have been doing, forcing Iowa under 200 total yards of offense, um, and then just seeing their like punting squad just out there all the time. So I think that would be a success for me. Realistically, um, like, why am I going back and forth? My brain is like, I'm terrified, and this could be the worst Saturday of my life. And then I'm like, but realistically, we could shut them out. Thoughts? I'm thinking at least a field goal. That's what we did last time. And okay. I feel like it's also very realistic. Yeah. We got to give them at least, like, one field goal. Because they'll, like, have, like, maybe one or two drives where they'll, like, try exceedingly hard. I was also thinking... And then it will kind of result in, like, not much... <laughs> Like, if I'm Michigan's, if I'm one of Michigan's many offensive coordinators, um, many being two. Um, and, like, you being the third. Yeah. So if I'm, like, co, <laughs> if I'm part C of the offensive coordinator group. Um, so I know you, I know why, I know, I know they need to practice playing football. I know it's important to, like, mm-hmm. get out there and, like, play football because you have more games coming and you need to have stuff on film and you need to... Like, I know, I know that the point of them existing is being a football team. However, if I'm part C of the offensive coordinator room, I'm putting Jake Moody out there every time we get within 40 yards. I'm handing it off to Blake Corum. Three yards, three yards, three, like, well, no. Like, however many yards you need to keep getting first downs. And then putting Jake Moody out there every time. (laughs) Yeah. And then putting (laughs) Jake Moody out there every single time we're within 40 yards. And I think that's a winning strategy. I don't think it's good for team morale. You doesn't want a field goal, a flurry of field goals again. Yeah, like the Indiana game. I feel like like, Jake Moody missed like two last week. Yeah, but I think we can get within 40 yards with like somewhat regularity and given Iowa's average number. missed one at like the 42 yard line. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I said within 40. (laughs) Within 40. (laughs) Close enough. I don't know. I think that's a winning strategy. <laughs> um, but don't do that. That's why they didn't hire me. If if any of our offensive no coordinators are listening, that's that's why I'm not on staff. It's a bad idea. <laughs> but like, do you agree we would win? Like, am I wrong? <laughs> it's an interesting strategy for sure, and I don't think Michigan will do that. So um, maybe give that to Iowa. That's already Iowa's strategy for free. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> they don't need me for that. Right. They just don't get within 40. <laughs> Any other closing remarks about this upcoming game against Iowa? Um, I hope we win. I, I really do, too. For both of our sakes. And for the team's sake. I guess that, too. And with that, go blue. <laughs> And with that, we will see you guys next week and go blue. Yeah.